0: And the Extra Point is good.
1: Hour number two of Extra Point on this Wednesday, January 10th. Bob Kemp, Kayla Mortillaro here with you up until 1 o'clock today, as we typically do Mondays, Wednesdays, Thursdays, and Fridays. We'll take your phone calls in this hour, 602-260-1060, and we'll do that around 12.15 today. But first... Let's reset the scene with today's poll questions and we'll get things started with the KDOS1060.com poll question. Who wins Saturday's NFL playoff game at Houston between the Browns and the Texans? And well, there's been some love here recently for the Texans. They now are up to 10% of the vote. But the Browns still overwhelmingly winning this one at 90% we will officially provide our answer around 1230 today. Tossing it on over to Twitter, at AM 1060 Draymond Green met the media yesterday. Uh, the potential for him to return reinstatement to play. Uh, he was saying that he can play. With, quote, without the antics, do you believe Draymond Green's commitment to play, quote, without the antics? The masses are on the no side of things at 89.5% of the vote. Yes, trailing at 10.5%. This on X at KDUS AM 1060. We'll get to it in its entirety around 1230 today. So the Super Bowl odds are out. Super wild card weekend gets underway on Saturday what are the odds right now? Uh, the 49ers are the favorite to win the Super Bowl at plus 220. Then you have the Ravens sitting at plus 320. The Bills at plus 650 and the Cowboys at plus 750. All will stop there with those first four teams. Anything catch your attention about those odds and those teams?
0: Pretty obvious four, right?
1: Yeah, I'd say so. Um, yeah the Chiefs they're at 10 to 1 the Eagles 17 to 1 Dolphins also 17 to 1 and the Lions sitting at 22 to 1 then we go into what some the,
0: what what are the Rams the, the team I'm most interested in maybe doing something about
1: yeah so we'll get to them in this category here the Browns are sitting at 30 to 1 the Rams are 50 to 1 the Texans at 71, 70 to 1, the Bucks at 95 to 1, then you have the Packers at 100 to 1 and the Steelers rounding things out at 130 to 1. Yeah,
0: you know, a lot of these things you're just better off, you know, betting from round to round on the money line if you have one the underdog, but when you have a team that's like 50 to 1 that you maybe could win in a couple of games, uh, maybe that's worth a shot and uh, that would be the Rams. I do think the Rams are going to win this week. Uh, I wouldn't be shocked if the Lions won this week. Obviously, a lot of hype in that game for a variety of reasons. But, you know, the Rams are you know, arguably playing better than any team in the, uh, in the uh, NFC in the last you know, eight or nine weeks here with the exception of uh, San Francisco.
1: I had two teams listed as potential topics of conversation for long shots to have a chance to make some noise, and the Rams are certainly one of them. I mean, you also have to factor in here that Matthew Stafford is back to playing at an elite level. You also have that ground game working with Kyrene Williams. Uh, The question mark, I guess, here is, is the defense able to hang uh, and to to be a strong enough defense in these playoff-type scenarios?
0: Well, I think the one thing that's helped them a lot defensively during their you know, stretch here at the end of the year is that they've been ahead. Uh, you know, their their pass defense is not good, uh, but you know when they've uh, you know when they're able to just rush the passer and play, you know they're really good against the run. They've got a good front seven. Uh, their secondary is shaky, uh, but you know it depends on you know the, the teams that they've been in favorable spots on uh, both sides of the ball with scoreboard uh, situations in the last few weeks. And so, you know, I think that I, I like the Rams, obviously. And uh, you have a championship uh, coach with championship pedigree. And, uh, you know, Raheem Morris, I think a lot of people think very highly of him as the defensive coordinator, and he's obviously done a really good job there. And, you know, they've, they've done a tremendous job on both sides of the ball assistant coaches head coach etc of coaching players up remember they had one of the highest numbers if not the higher no, highest number of rookies on their you know 53 man roster to start the season than anybody in the league then they finally had all those draft picks and a lot of those draft picks have hit this year
1: uh the other team that i had listed here was the browns and there's a lot of ifs here you know if that defense can play like it does at home on the road If Joe Flacco continues to uh, turn back the clock and play mistake-free football, also there was a bit of news that it looks like Grant Delpit has been designated to return from IR. That doesn't mean he's set to play uh, this weekend, but at least started that process.
0: Yeah, I'm not buying the Browns. I'm sorry for long-term or maybe even after this week, and I'm not sure what I think about this week. We'll get to that in a few minutes here at the bottom of the hour. Uh, but, you know, their offensive line is, you know, their preferred starting tackles, you know, Jedrick Wills and Jack Conklin and Dewan Jones. Uh, obviously, Conklin's out for the season and has been for weeks. Yeah, but Wills and Jones are on IR, and I haven't seen anything about them coming back this week. I haven't really researched it in detail. Uh, and We're only on a Wednesday right now. They do play on a Saturday, however. Uh, so I assume we'll hear something today obviously their official injury designation has to be updated tomorrow for the game on Saturday, but I'm just not buying the Browns. Plus you know, their defense on the road has sucked. I mean, it's been really not good at all in many games this year. And, um, uh, you know, they're not going to be playing any home playoff games unless, you know, some amazing things happen. In fact, I don't think they could mathematically, they can't play a home playoff game. Right. So, uh you know that you know, like I just you know the road, home and road splits for this defense are enormous.
1: Uh I can't get on board with the Eagles at 17 to 1 it just really feels like they're a team uh in disarray right now.
0: Yeah, so much so that I'm going to be on Tampa on Monday night. <laughs>
1: The next thing for me too, looking at this, uh, like the Dolphins 17 to one, uh, it really just seems as though it's been pretty apparent that when another team comes in with that next level physicality, they aren't quite ready to match that.
0: Yeah, this is something that I think uh, at least uh, I think both, maybe both of us, I definitely pinpointed this earlier in the season. And I look pretty much look to play against, against, against them and whenever they are facing a team with the physicality thing, or you can take that a step further. I'm not positive about this because you know, some records have changed in the last week or so, but I'm pretty sure that Dallas is the only team that they've beaten this year that has a 500 or better record, and that quite frankly they were lucky to win that game against Dallas.
1: With the Packers sitting at 100-1, to uh, it's just kind of unique, the the arc of this team. Uh, Jordan Love himself, he's now won two straight NFC Offensive Player of the Week awards, but you also just have to factor in how young this team is and some key offensive playmakers and their youth as well. Uh, Wicks is 22, Romeo Dobbs is 23, Tucker Craft 23, Luke Musgrave 23, Jaden Reed 23, Christian Watson. 24 uh, they're just a very very young
0: team and the youngest team in the nfl playoffs in decades according to what i heard on the nfl network yesterday they didn't have any precise numbers to back that up but i mean obviously you gave up as uh, gave some examples there of uh their youth their offensive line uh has some youngsters and those guys have really stepped up and improved during the season uh, I'm not really buying too much into this Packers. are going to upset the Cowboys garbage this week. At least I think it's garbage. But I do like that. I think they can score some points in that game. Uh, so we'll uh, we'll get to that when we get a little closer to Friday so uh, when we have the Friday spread. But uh, I- I'm a little mystified of why we have all this. I think it's mainly people that hate the Cowboys or just don't think they're any good or overrated, et cetera. I think it's more... people that are against the Cowboys for whatever reason it is that they really believe in the Packers.
1: 602-260-1060. That's the number if you'd like to chime in. We'll take your phone calls on the other side of the break. Uh, We'll get a little bit into the Phoenix Suns. I noticed uh, Dan Favale of Bleacher Report, friend of the programs. uh, He put together a top 10 of potential buyout and best fits. But two players on that list were included in potential best fits for the Phoenix Suns. So we'll talk a little bit about that. If we also have some time, we'll dissect what's going on uh, this week in hawaii with the pga tour the sony open from wailai country club we'll do all of that here in the extra point but if you'd like to chime in we'd love to hear from you 602-260-1060 is the number bob kemp kayla mortellaro here with you up until one o'clock today as we typically do mondays wednesdays thursdays and fridays
0: Have you downloaded the Kdos 1060 app yet? Download today and get all of your favorite local and national shows right on your phone.
1: 12:18 here on Kdos AM 1060. As always, follow along with us online at Kdos1060.com and with the Kdos 1060 app. I should point out there's another really cool prize. If you download the KDOS 1060 app and make sure you register, that's the key component here, register. There's six throw basketball tickets in downtown Phoenix on the horizon for you. Uh, So make sure you're downloading that KDOS 1060 app and register and follow along with the streaming guidelines to see how you are eligible for the rest of this month. 602-260-1060 602-260-1060 is the number if you'd like to chime in. The Phoenix Suns, they don't play again until tomorrow against the Lakers. It's an 8 p.m. on TNT game. They last played Monday against the uh, Clippers, and that was uh, that was not a great game for the Phoenix Suns with the Clippers getting back on track. The Clippers also today working on uh, keeping their long-term uh, keeping their key players long-term, that being with a Kawhi Leonard extension. And they're looking to try to also uh, have Paul George sign an extension that aligns with the years for Kawhi Leonard. So that's still on the horizon for the Clippers. But when it comes to the Suns here, you know, it was certainly uh, defensive struggles yet again uh, for the squad.
0: And they can't get a rebound. Uh, other than those two things, they're really solid. <laughs>
1: Uh, the updated ESPN Power Rankings has the Suns sitting at number 16. That's down from last week at number 15. But what caught my attention here was Dan Faveil of Bleacher Report put together his top 10 potential buyouts and best fits, and I honed in on the two names that I saw potentially fitting in for Phoenix because you've touched on it that uh, they're going if they're if they want to make sweeping changes. Before the trade deadline, to give themselves a better opportunity in the playoffs, it's going to be difficult to do so because of the situation that they have monetarily wise and then in terms of the players in which they have uh, available in a trade.
0: Yeah, well, the interesting thing here is that, uh, you know, Kevin Durant, uh, I'm not sure who he talked to today because, you know, the Suns don't play till tomorrow, so I'm not sure what's up with this, but. Uh, he is denied, and there's some there's some stuff out there that he might be traded. Uh, he denied that he wanted to be traded, and uh, some shape or form today. And like I said, I've only seen a little brief headline on this. I'm haven't time to read the story or really know where this came from. Uh, but uh, that kind of uh, adds another little you know th- key to the you know, the uh, you know the engine here, so to speak. That's a terrible phrase by me. You guys, you all do a better job of phrasing that than I can, but uh, that would be interesting. But I don't think that uh, Matt Ishbia would break up the fantasy basketball team in less than a year.
1: Um. Well, I didn't. Goodness, I guess news. I,
0: travels. I would be completely. I would be completely in favor of that, by the way, because I never thought they should have traded for Durant to begin with.
1: I was. I was going to say that. Th- News travels fast because that was something, uh, oh, my gosh. We have breaking news on ESPN. The Seahawks are firing head coach Pete Carroll, according to Adam Schefter.
0: Not surprised about maybe the firing part. Uh, yeah, he was asked uh, after the Cardinals game on Sunday whether he'd be back next year, and he refused to basically answer the question.
1: We'll get into that a little bit later on, but uh, certainly finishing our uh, basketball conversation. Mike,
0: Mike, Mike Vrabel to the Seahawks. <laughs> uh, we were, you know, I'm sorry to interrupt the basketball talk here, but you know, the jobs that are now available, and since the Bears are not available, uh, I would think that the Seahawks would not be a bad idea. I'm uh, you know, just you know, thinking about their roster, which you know, they got some very good young players, Uh, The quarterback situation, I thought that Geno was a one-year wonder, and I didn't sing differently uh, in 2023 to change my mind on that. But they do have some good young players on both sides of the ball, and that might be an enticing situation for Vrabel or whoever else is going to be the next head coach in Seattle.
1: Uh, This official statement from Seahawks owner Jody Allen, after thoughtful meetings and careful consideration for the best interest of the franchise, we have amicably agreed with Pete Carroll that his role will evolve from head coach to remain with the organization as an advisor. Pete is the winningest coach in Seahawks history, brought the city its first Super Bowl title and created a tremendous impact over the past 14 years on the field and in the community. His expertise in leadership and building a championship culture will continue as an integral part of our organization moving forward Pete will always be a beloved member of the seahawks family
0: i assume john schneider the general manager who's done i think a really good job of building this team twice in my opinion i assume he stays
1: pete's tenure in seattle includes 14 seasons 137 and 89 record two super bowl appearances and one super bowl win
0: should have been more than one super bowl win
1: (laughs) uh but i i mean there was so much talk on monday about how pete carroll uh and then jim harbaugh joined him as being the only two coaches that have coached uh in a super bowl as well as a like championship game
0: okay i would completely forgotten about all that but uh yeah and like i said i knew something might be up because he just, you know, was reluctant to even get into his future after the Cardinals game on Sunday, which was the season finale for the Seahawks, Seahawks, obviously, and they were really disappointing this season and they absolutely were one of the worst teams in football in the second half of the season
1: at uh you know he is what is he let me see if i can pull this up quickly 72 years old uh well it says that he is going to remain with the Seattle Seahawks organization so i guess coaching career uh complete for Pete Carroll when we kind of try to put that into perspective uh, a couple of different stints with two different teams uh a couple of different stints in the NFL and then of course his success in college
0: yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, to include the USC years when uh, you know they broke every rule in the world, the history of the uh, NCAA handbook or lack of a handbook, and uh, you know, however much that had to do with their success is debatable and uh, will probably be debated forever. But uh, they didn't seem to really care about those things in uh, those days at USC. <laughs>
1: We'll uh, touch on that a little bit more uh, back to the NBA conversation here. And uh, Dan Favale of Bleacher Report put together his top 10 potential buyout and best fits and the two names that popped up in potential connection with Phoenix, according to Dan, and what he's seeing around the league and the needs. uh, He brought up Patty Mills with the Atlanta Hawks. It is the second season in a row. Dan notes that he's kind of been a non-factor. And the question here is this because he's 35, or is this because he's on a team that doesn't really need to use him in heavy minutes or high leverage situations? Dan says maybe it's a bit of both and leads to potential fits being with Minnesota, Orlando, and Phoenix.
0: Yeah, I think that uh, all that's very valid. I think that's an accurate assessment from Dan. Also, I'm guessing that uh, no matter how deep this buyout list goes or how many days we talk about this, because it's going to be, I think, a frequent topic between now and the trade deadline and past the trade deadline, these guys we're going to hear mentioned here, including Mills, they're going to have lots of options if they're any good as to where they end up. And I don't think Phoenix is a real you know, viable destination unless you just want to live here. Uh, basketball-wise, this, this is a mess.
1: Thaddeus Young was the next person's name listed with the Raptors. Uh, if the Raptors don't actually need him to match salary in more trades that they're set to, made, to make, a buyout could happen, according to Dan. He is well, 35 years old, but can still yeah. give a team um, in need of big, uh, big backup minutes, potential fits Denver, Memphis, or Phoenix.
0: Yeah, I have no idea how good he is anymore. I've not watched a whole lot of Raptors basketball. In fact, uh, I can safely say uh, I've only watched maybe one game this season uh, of any extensive Raptors basketball. Uh, But he's been – I've advocated the Suns try to trade for him forever, uh, for many years. But, you know, 35 uh, would not be really advocating for that now. I think they've got enough old-timers now. Quite frankly, which is part of the issue, and uh, they need whenever they whenever they try to add, if they try to add before the trade deadline, they need some young blood as you know as much as any alleged contending team in the league. And I say alleged because I don't think the Suns have really almost any chance to win a championship this year.
1: I know you just said young blood, and I don't necessarily disagree with that. Uh, piggybacking off of that, though, do you think that they need someone who, you know, the Chris Paul was the player that was going to get in your face and kind of elevate the motivation level? Because I'm sitting here listening to post. Game press conference after post game press conference about admitting how they need to have a sense of urgency. Well, at some point, who's going to be the person that says, Let's go, we're having the sense of urgency tonight?
0: Yeah, I would hope that Durant would be that guy, quite frankly. I think that's the guy that most of the players would respect the most as far as uh, you know, filling that role. I think, well, I've also reached the point where I was really questioned uh, whether Frank Vogel would be the right guy here. He's obviously a defensive first guy, but I think the one thing we have learned without question over the first part of the season to this point is that even though you can be the, the greatest defensive coach of all time, but if you have this group of players, it doesn't matter because they can't guard people because they don't have enough defenders or enough players that are defensive-oriented to have success at the defensive end, really at any point of their career, quite frankly, except for Durant, who at one time was a top flight defender. Now I think he's a, a, an above average defender, but nothing more than that.
1: Back to the ESPN power rankings. Uh, staying at number one is the Celtics at 28 and 8. Number two now on this list is the Denver Nuggets sitting at 26 and 12. They have ascended up from the fifth spot. They won their last 12 of their last 15 games. They do have an East Coast swing coming up next. The Timberwolves at number three at 26 and 10. The Thunder sitting at uh, 24 and 11 at number four. Then the Bucks down from number two at 25 and 12. They've lost four of their last five. Defense ranks 25th since the start of January. And you do have Giannis uh, calling out the team.
0: Well, would they expect they were going to be a good defensive team when they acquired Damian Lillard? Would they expect he was going to be like a defensive stopper at some point And, mm. uh, He's like the opposite of that.
1: Number six on this list is the Clippers at twenty-three and thirteen, up from seven. We've noted uh, what they're doing contract extension wise with Kawhi Leonard, trying to match Paul George here shortly, according to Adrian Wojnarowski of ESPN. Number seven on the list is the Seventy Sixers at twenty-three and twelve. Embiid though is going to miss a couple of games here with some knee swelling.
0: Stunning development there. Unfortunately, this is uh, continually. Uh, not necessarily the knee thing, but uh, yeah, rarely is he made it through long chunks of seasons physically. And uh, until, you know, I've said it a billion times, and here's a billion and one, is that yeah, until they actually do something in the postseason and even just even reach the Eastern Conference Finals, I don't care what the Sixers do as far as personnel goes. I don't care who the coach is. I just need to see it first before I can possibly believe it.
1: The Dallas Mavericks sitting at eighth in this power rankings list at 22 and 16, up from 10. Nine is the Kings at 21 and 14, down from the eighth spot. And sitting at number 10, down from nine, is the Miami Heat at 21 and 15. But the big news surrounding the Heat Eric Spolstra just got an eight year, $120 million contract extension.
0: And he's the best coach in the NBA and has been for a while. Uh, So I completely advocate uh the uh you know the uh the salary and uh the length of his deal and good for them and good for him
1: as we go to break here uh the news involving the nfc west uh the seahawks and pete carroll uh moving on they're going to be finding a new head coach uh the official statement from jody allen says that he'll remain with the team in an advisory role So add the Seahawks now to the list of teams in the NFL that are going to be looking for their new head coach joining the Tennessee Titans, the Washington Commanders, the Carolina Panthers, the Las Vegas Raiders, as well as uh, the Los Angeles Chargers and the Atlanta Falcons. So that's uh, what's
0: one. One other quick thing about Carol. I'm sorry. I just want to make sure I get this in. I don't know if he wants to do television, but if he wants to do television, it'd take him like five minutes to get a job.
1: Yeah, he's very, uh, very energetic for sure. He would be adding that to the broadcast.
0: And he has an opinion, except when you ask him about his own players and their injury status.
1: (laughs) Well, hey, maybe the next coach for the Seahawks will provide better and more updated injury information for you. Poll questions. They're next.
0: Show Monday through Friday, 1 to 3 p.m., right here on KDUS AM 1060.
1: point here on kdos am 1060 on this wednesday january 10th bob kemp kayla mortillaro here with you up until one o'clock today as we typically do mondays wednesdays thursdays and fridays It's time to get into the poll questions, but before we do, just a bit of an update on the breaking news that took place here just a a few minutes ago uh, that the Seahawks and Pete Carroll are uh, parting ways in terms of him and his responsibilities as head coach. The official statement from Jody Allen uh, saying that he will remain with their team in an advisory role, but add the Seattle Seahawks now to the list of teams across the NFL that are going to be looking for a head coach. And in our number one, we went through all of the teams. Uh, does the Seahawks maybe ascend up as being the best case scenario? I'm not quite certain what their cap space is, but in terms of hitting on some really solid youthful Draft picks over the last couple of years, they're in a great spot with that.
0: I agree with that. The young players. I think you have an excellent point about the cap space. Remember, they spent a lot of money this off season because they thought they were going to be able to build upon making the playoffs. Surprisingly, last year, and you know, some of those guys panned out, and some of them didn't. Uh, so uh, you know, the, I think the one thing that is uh, you know, a negative for them is to, you know, I know that Geno Smith under contract for at least another year, but, you know, like I've said many times in the last couple of years, uh, you know, he's been in the quarter, he's been a quarterback in the NFL for you know, almost a decade and he's had one good season. And I don't think last this year uh, qualifies as a sick, uh, excuse me, a second good season. He was really good last year when they made the playoffs You didn't know what you were getting uh, from drive to drive from Gino last week, including the game Sunday here against the Cardinals.
1: (laughs) That's true. Uh, So that is the next, uh, I guess, domino to fall in the NFL. Because you pointed out to start the week, Adam Schefter was reporting we could see upwards of of 10 potential vacancies.
0: Yeah, and he's counting the ones that already happened during the season, but... uh, yeah, there's going to be this is going to happen every year. There's going to be a team or two that, uh, you know, underachieve in the playoffs, at least according to ownership or, you know, front office people that are you know, in charge of the, those kind of things. And uh, there'll be a surprise or two from the playoff teams that most likely won't be back on their teams next year.
1: As it is, we will get into the poll questions here now. Uh, let's get things started with the KDOS1060.com poll question regarding the playoff teams who wins Saturday's NFL playoff game at Houston between the Browns and the Texans.
0: Well, you, know, you, you get the two teams of the choices. I should have added like a no idea for a third option because that would be my answer. Uh, but for the poll uh, question, uh, to answer the poll question, I would favor tech, the Texans at home plus the points. Uh, I'm not crazy about it. You know, they've got a lot of injuries on both sides of the ball, as does Cleveland. Uh, it seems like the Houston guys have a better chance of playing this week than the Cleveland guys. Uh, so, and I'm not so sure. And I'm not buying into all the uh, the, the Joe Flacco hype. Uh, you know, as far as wagering goes. I'm definitely interested in betting this game over, and uh, it opened at 43.5, and and it's pretty much 44.5 everywhere uh, that I can look at. I'm looking at right now all the basic Nevada numbers. It's 44.5 literally every place I see in Nevada at the moment. So as far as a wager on Saturday with this game, I'm on the over side, but as far as who wins the game for purpose of the question, I'll go with Houston. But unless something amazing happens, uh, personnel-wise, between now and Saturday, I'm not going to be betting on a side in this game.
1: So, you know, for me, looking at this here, can the ride with Joe Flacco continue? Uh, Will the Browns be able to figure out their away defense versus their home defense? And then I also have to ask the question here, has Kevin Stefanski shown growth as a play caller and is that going to translate to the playoffs in his career? He is one in one in the playoffs, but certainly having all the different quarterbacks that he's had and kind of also their different styles this year may be one of his better offensive coaching uh, uh, seasons, if you will.
0: Absolutely, I think he make a coach. He, he's certainly a coach of the year candidate, without a doubt, for exactly why you said. And uh, yeah, he's a uh, uh, he, he used to be kind of a, just a play action guy, and he, he was forced to do a whole lot more between the quarterbacks and the you know Nick Chubb getting hurt early in the season and the offensive line injuries. He's had to change his uh, scheme and his approach multiple times this year. And with success, and uh, he deserves a ton of credit for that.
1: Yeah, and I believe, you know, if I remember correctly, it was a long time ago when we were previewing the start of the season for the NFL year that uh, the the conversation kind of surrounded, was this a huge year for Kevin Stefanski uh, because yes. of Deshaun Watson and this is now his quarterback <laughs> and his team, et cetera. And uh, it ended up being a huge year, but maybe in a, a different direction for Kevin
0: yeah I lost track of me. I was four or five starting quarterbacks with you know Driscoll, who was absolutely horrible in the final game of the season. but what would you expect who was he was here on the Cardinals practice squad for most of twenty twenty
1: three yeah uh so uh, that's the brown side of things with some questions that i have and then for the Texans side of things here you know is cj stroud going to be able to take his game into the playoffs you know he's a player that obviously has played in big games throughout his career uh college career and he's shown that he's capable of handling the moments and he's handled his rookie season We've seen some home and road splits with him as well, but overall, he's been a very solid quarterback here. What will D'Amico Ryans have up his sleeve? He's shown he's really capable of being a head coach, but the Texans have had some deficiencies here uh, with their rushing defense. Can the Browns be able to exploit that in any way, shape or form? Really, though, the Texans seem to be a team that's all in and playing together. But with all of this kind of said and done, I do think that the Browns have a little bit more as we're sitting here on a Wednesday. I would lean in the direction of Brown of the Browns. But I subject to to change that as the week unfolds with some injury update and news
0: for both sides. I think the biggest question for Houston is who does he have up his sleeve to play? And uh, one of the reasons that that rush defense has really suffered, uh, especially towards end of the season, is they've had multiple guys out because of injury.
1: The masses are on the Brown side of things here to the tune of 91% of the vote. Texans trailing at 9%. This is KDOS1060.com's poll question. Tossing it on over to Twitter at KDOSAM1060. Uh, Draymond Green met the media yesterday, said, quote, uh, that he can play without the antics. So do you believe him? For me, I think it goes down to anything in life, uh, someone's word is as good as their actions. And so will he be able to do it? Time will tell. I think at this point, though, there's been a lot of evidence stacking up uh, in against Draymond here that, he continues to act out on the court. It was getting to a level of potentially being dangerous uh, for him and other players. So the league absolutely should have stepped in when they did. Maybe this is the wake up call that he needed to, to because nobody has really ever, uh, made a big deal out of out of what Draymond's actions were on the court that were outside of basketball plays, maybe this is the wake-up call that he needed. So the proof is in the pudding here. Time will tell. Uh, but the track record so far lends you to be skeptical.
0: I'm beyond skeptical. I would be shocked. And I don't use that word unless I mean it. I would be shocked if he you know, took all the nonsense out. Uh, yeah, I just don't know if he can, at this point, after all these years at Michigan State, where he had some issues there too, or in the you know, NBA, whether he's just going to change his style of play like that. I think maybe, as I said, when all this uh, went down with the Nurkic, uh, you know, cheap shop. That if the NBA really wanted to teach him a lesson, uh, it would have been a minimum of 25 games. Also, I don't think this is all in the NBA. I think the Warriors have really handled this horribly over the years. Not been more, you know, you, know, you know, basically uh, put their fist down and saying, no pun intended. No, not directly. They, they, you know, he would kick their ass if they did that because uh, he doesn't handle those things well. Uh, but you know they I think the Warriors have also done a poor job of managing Draymond in his career as far as his uh, anger management issues which I think are obviously out there.
1: Uh, The masses are on the no side of things as well at 89.5 percent of the vote yes sitting at 10.5 percent this is over on Twitter at KDUS AM 1060. Uh, Because we have a brief moment here I'll Discuss the sony open in hawaii from the pga tour Wai Lai country club a completely different golf course than what they just played at the century this is only 7,044 yards and it's a par 70 uh last week you really didn't need to have a whole lot of driving accuracy this week i think driving accuracy becomes a little bit more important obviously it's going to come down to putting here another uh potential low scoring event. Last year, 18 under one, but in the years past, you had to at least get to 20 under to be winning the event. There's only two par fives on the golf course here, so I think it also becomes more important as to how is your approach game. Are you able to get uh, approach shots in that 10 to 26 foot range, and are you able to make them? Uh, When we're looking at the odds here, Ludwig Adberg he again uh, is leading the charge at 14 to one. Matt Fitzpatrick at 18 to one. Tyrrell Hatton at eighteen to one, Brian Harmon at twenty to one, and Russell Henley, who has had some previous success here at twenty two to one. Will Zalatoris, that's a name uh that a lot of people think very highly of, but he suffered a couple of injuries and had a step away last season. He made his debut uh back at the uh at Tigers tournament and it didn't quite go well for him. Debuting also a new putting stroke and a whole new putter setup as well. Uh how is it going to translate here with some more time off, working on his game, making his twenty twenty four debut this week at the Sony Open. I'm looking at Matt Kuchar for a top twenty at plus one ninety. He finished tied for seventh, both in 2023 and 2022. And when you're looking at a player who has some driving accuracy uh, and can get the putter rolling, it is Matt Kuchar also taking a bit of a long shot for a top 20 with Adam Svensson at plus 260. He is well accurate off the tee. And if he can get his putter rolling, maybe he's going to have a solid week for us at the Sony Open. Uh, But when we're, you know, we can also say this now too, Bob. Uh, that we're a little cold yeah. in the morning, that maybe we too <laughs> wish we were in Hawaii. Even
0: I, uh, you know, I, went on, I went on a little walk yesterday uh, around the neighborhood yesterday, and that was like at 11 o'clock after I got done with the sports zone yesterday, and uh, I was even chilly. And uh, you know, I've given you a hard time for many years about you getting cold. When I'm kind of wondering, how could you be cold at this point? But uh, even I admit that yesterday it was kind of whoa, and then it was like 30 degrees this morning. I didn't go outside. I'm going to go outside as soon as we're done with the show here in a few minutes because I got we're going to go down to the rental office and talk to him about a couple things. But uh, uh, so uh, see how cold it is now.
1: <laughs> <laughs> we'll wrap it up next. Hey, Phoenix Doug Gottlieb
0: here. I'm bringing the best sports talk weekdays to you. 1 to 3 p.m. right here on KDUS AM 1060.
1: kdos 1060.com and with the kdos 1060 app right now i suggest you download the kdos 1060 app if you have not already registered that's the key component get yourself eligible for some sixth row hoops tickets in downtown phoenix uh that contest going up until the end of the month but it's that time once again it is thank you time
0: as always, we thank you for listening. Special thanks to the callers, emailers, tweeters, texters, whomever, and whatever else slipped the cracks. Also, our guest today, our final uh, fantasy football regular season, our final football update with John McKechnie from rotowire.com. We went through a quick review. Of the fantasy football season past, we also talked to John about you know a lot of people get involved in fantasy football for just the postseason, and how uh, some of the options for those particular leagues. And we'll have John on again uh, long before next season. Uh, we'll have him on uh, at least once during the offseason, uh, during the free agency period, or certainly before the draft, because John also massively follows college football as part of his responsibilities from RotoWire.com. Next two days. Uh, at uh, 10.15, we'll preview Packers, Cowboys, and also the Rams and Lions. Uh, sound of the day, courtesy of CBS, ESPN, TNT, and Fox. And as always, special thanks to Kayla, Corey, and Aaron. And Kayla's going to tell us what's coming up next.
1: That's right. Up next, from 1 to 3 p.m., it is the Doug Gottlieb Show, followed by the Rich Eisen Show from 3 to 5. The Sports Zoo with Dave Rooster-Bierstein from 5 to 6. And Top of the Valley... ASU Women's Basketball head coach Coach Adair uh, and Jeff Munn coming to you 7 to 8 tonight. Of course, ASU Women's Basketball can be heard right here on KDUS AM 1060, and you can pop on over to KDUS1060.com uh, for the full broadcast schedule. The breaking news from today's show was the Seattle Seahawks making a change at head coach. Uh, Part of the statement is that uh, it was an amicably agreed upon decision and that Pete Carroll's role will evolve with the organization to remain as an advisor, but they're looking for a new head coach. And according to Ian Rappaport here a few minutes ago, Cowboys defensive coordinator Dan Quinn would quote quickly be considered a strong candidate to replace Pete Carroll.
0: Yeah, and I'm kicking myself. I didn't think of that when this first came up. That's an obvious connection. Obviously, uh, Quinn, you know, the architect, and uh, you know, not that sort of the architect, because Carol had plenty to do with that defense too, uh, but you know, the coordinator during the heyday of the Legion of Boom and so forth. So that makes sense. Uh, even though, just philosophically, I think that they need more help on the offensive side of the ball than the defensive side of the ball.
1: Uh, yeah, you know, the, I, I think that that's probably true. And the offense, though, has been a bit of a concern, even if you go back to the last year of Russell Wilson's years uh, with the let Russ cook thing, and then they make some, some philosophy changes there, move on from him. You seem like you strike gold with Geno Smith, but uh, it was a, more of a struggle this season.
0: Absolutely, no question. You know, they had... You know, like a lot of teams, unfortunately, in the NFL every year, but, uh, you know, especially this season, in some cases, they had, you know, some cluster injuries in the offensive line and, uh yeah, you know, rarely were they completely intact offensively as far as health goes.
1: ESPN announced across its platforms the Michigan and Washington CFP championship game delivered 25 million viewers. It was the most watched CFP championship game since LSU Clemson back in 2020, and it increased by 45% from last year. It peaked at 28 million viewers. The average of the three CFP games this year, 23.6 million, which was the highest it's been since 2018.
0: Well, you got four blue blood programs, well, three blue blood programs in Washington in there. Not too terribly surprising about this, and I wouldn't compare it to anything to last year for two reasons. One, TCU was in the game, and uh, TCU was not in the game <laughs> because there was no game.
1: Uh, yes, that is true. Then in basketball, college hoops wise, number one Purdue lost to Nebraska, eighty eight, seventy two. number two Houston lost to Iowa state fifty seven fifty three., the Cougars were the last remaining undefeated team.
0: Yeah, and uh, you know Iowa State and uh, you know really, I've not watched any Iowa State basketball. Their schedule strength was like two seventy four or something before last night. You know, I knew about some of their returning players because I watched plenty of them, obviously, last year. But, uh, you know, so that would you know, they're really good at aims and they have all these uh, top, ten, uh, top 10 upsets in the last couple of years. Granted, they're playing a lot of top 10 opponents because it's the Big 12. Uh, so I wasn't uh, all that surprised. You know, I was a little disappointed. I'd watched Houston some, they've also played not a good schedule so far. But uh, I thought that they would look better on offense and uh, they were inept on offense at sometimes some points of that game last year, including the final possession when they uh, seemed to really have no clue what they wanted to do.
1: That'll do it for this Wednesday, January 10th edition of the Extra Point back with you tomorrow. Get things started with the Sports Zone at 10 a.m. Talk to you then.